We're Kenyon and Takara Martin, faith-based marriage coaches, champions for healthy love, and lovers of pizza. And this is the Ask the Martins podcast, where we answer your single, married, or dating relationship questions with practical advice and research-based techniques. Have a relationship question you want answered? Well, send us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram at Ask the Martins or visit us at AskTheMartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. Babe, are you ready to get into the... I um, am ready. I am ready. So the first letter that we have, she said, it's a female, right? It is a a lady, yes. It Um, is, uh, yeah, okay. Quick question, uh, just for the YouTube persons, I just want to make sure, um, do you guys hear us? Uh, If you want to respond, that's fine. If not, that's fine too. Go for it. Okay, perfect. So the first letter says, I am big followers of you, and I wish you all the happiness in life, and please stay safe. Unfortunately, I have a puzzle in my head. I have a best friend. Our relationship started out with him flirting with me. When he decided he wasn't ready to have a girlfriend yet, we became friends and later the best of friends. Okay. Sad to say, I didn't realize that I was falling for him until one day I asked him if he was talking to someone and he said yes. My world just crashed. My heart was aching and it was then that I knew that I loved him and I don't want to lose him. Even though he said we are just friends, but you say he's just a friend. I acted like he was cheating on me only because I knew the girl he was with. We all worked together and we all worked together, but he didn't tell me anything until I asked him. I felt disappointed and disrespected because as his friend, I think he should have told me knowing that we all work in the same place. In short, he said our friendship is more important than this girl. So the girl broke up with him because he spends more time with me with no strings attached. Ooh, I have things to say. I know you do. In addition to being best friends, we're also business partners. He spends time with me and my son, who's six years old. Mm-hmm. He stays for a week or two in between work and business. I, I've never read this letter. Wow. <laughs> Um, our relationship is kind of husband and wife but no strings attached and he sleeps in our guest room again we are just friends so my question is how can he pick me over the ex-girlfriend and spend most of his time with us I tried to push him away when I found out about the ex-girlfriend but he came back and told me that he picked me over her I think I would say our relationship is so complicated I'm afraid to lose him please advise Okay, you ready for this, babe? Yes, I know you Kenyan, are ready. Please advise. <laughs> please advise. Well, first of all, there are several times she emphasized that we're just friends and there's no strings attached. That's usually cold work for we're not having sex, we're just really close. Okay, so I get that. Okay. But let me say this first and foremost. Number one, it is not that complicated. It's never, ever, ever that complicated the reason why is is because complicated is a term that we use in relationship when we want someone but we don't want how they treat us that's how that's basically it so i want what's going on here but i don't want how i'm being rejected or how i'm being treated by them now 
you, as the writer, you tr- you clearly want him. Um, it says it in the way that you say certain things. Let's see here, like husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Um, he spends time with me and my son. I felt disrespected. I'm afraid to lose him. Um, in your mind, you have a relationship that he's not participating in, basically. Does that make sense? Yep. So your question is, and what I did was I took the time to rephrase her question for clarity because that's going to be important. Her original question was, why would he treat me like I'm important yet not commit to me like a love interest? That's Mm -hmm. basically where she's going with that. Right. Or why would he choose me over an actual love interest? Yes. Okay. So you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. (laughs) So ready. (laughs) Well, first of all, you got to understand he didn't choose you. The one, the woman, the young lady that he was with gave him an ultimatum because she recognized and realized her value and that she, in order to be in a romantic relationship, what she wanted was to have his undivided attention. Mm-hmm. And so she put the pressure on him and he, he bowed out. And the reason why he bowed out is because you were there. That's the reason. He didn't choose you. He chose convenience. He chose you because you made it easy for him to to be comfortable by not committing to anyone. And let me show you how this is set up. First, and, and, and this is certainly a setup. Um, do you want to say anything with that? No, finish first. Okay. First, this is a setup. He flirts with you to get your attention. All right. He wanted to know who you are. He wanted, you know, he, he's flirting with you at work or whatever the case may be. Right mm-hmm. now. As he flirts with you and he gets your attention, you begin to fall into the to the hypnosis, if you will, of what he's trying to say. And then during that time, when he lets you know that he doesn't want a relationship with you, basically you've given him permission to have an acquaintance without committing. That's exactly what you did. So his next step is after that permission, he gets comfortable or gets into a comfortable place with you so that he can always fall back on you whenever anything else doesn't work out. Go. Yeah. And I think you said it. He didn't choose you. He chose the convenience of you. Uh Uh-huh. And he said he wasn't ready for a girlfriend. You said, okay. And the one thing that happens in these environments and in these settings, and I'm not saying I'm not going to go as far to say that he's a bad guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go as far as to say that he is doing this with ill intent or ill intentions. But one thing that happens is a man knows what he's doing when he keeps a woman hanging on. Right. A man knows what he's doing when he keeps a woman just, I mean, close enough, but just far enough to be able to say at the end of the day, I can get what I want from you, even if it's just convenience. It doesn't always have to be sex. I can get what I want from you. I can do what I want over here. I can have my cake and be over here and eat something else over here, too. Yes. As long as at the end of the day, he can say, but I said I didn't want a girlfriend. I said I wasn't ready for a girlfriend. We never slept together. We never did this. What made you think that? And as long as far as you let him go with you, that's as far as he's going to take it. Even so much as to sleep in at your house. Did he have a place to live? I need to know. Like, even so much as that. Without, <laughs> Where does brother stand? Like, yeah, who you live with for real? Like, without making a commitment. And then you've got now that business aspect. I'm going to wait to see if you bring that up later. But there's just a lot involved where he can take from you without having to commit. And you've now given him the permission 
to do that. Right. And the thing is, is that she's you set yourself up within this relationship. So now you're caught in a place where you have unrequited love, hoping that you get it. And you still wondering if you're going to lose them. Babe, you never had him. Yes. <laughs> you you don't have him. And let me kind of give you an example. There is a case which we um, we coached or counseled. I can't remember. Um, I know exactly. I just thought of the exact same thing. <laughs> Go. Where um, two people were together, right? Yep. He They actually ended up getting married, right? Okay, that's not what I was thinking Okay, about. no, this is a different one, but if you have another one, let me know. Okay. These are two people who actually ended up getting married together, but he had an old faithful friend mm-hmm. that they he doesn't sleep with, but someone who he can run to and cry to and someone who he can always go to, and that person has been around for so long that she feels entitled to him. So regardless of his wife, regardless of his position as a husband, she feels like that I can call him, come through, beckon his beckon for him at any point because that's her friend and her friend first. Yes. And that's where you can that's where you're headed if you continue to hang on because here's what's going to happen. You start out by investing in the dream. You're investing in the friendship. You're building the business together, so on and so forth, right? He's spending time with your He's son. He's spending time with your son because you're you're allowing that intimate connection. You're allowing that intimate contact. Understood? Yes. And then what happens is that you continue to look at him, be in and out of relationships, always thinking, I can treat you better. I can do you better. All And all you're doing is on standby. And you stay on standby. You ever see, like, how the TV uh, go off or, you know, it, it just stops? <laughs> it, it, it doesn't necessarily go off. That it just goes screen. into a black screen. It mm-hmm. goes on the standby. It goes on the sleep mode. You're on sleep mode. Mm. And whenever he wants you, he'll shake you and wake you up. But then after that, he's going to go back to his old shows. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think. um, And really quickly before I I chime in on that, uh, Bless Beauty, make sure you ask that question in the questions area so we don't lose it with all the comments. Um, We will lose it. We will get to it. So definitely go into it. Make sure you ask it with the little question mark area. But also with that, you're giving effectively giving someone permission and a title to hold in your life. You said we are just like husband and wife, which means your mind in your mind, you've already materialized a relationship. That's why you're getting jealous. That's why you're attached. Let's put this shoe on the other foot. Yes. You're just friends. If you were involved romantically in a relationship with someone, and he had a female friend who he stayed the night with, stayed at their house, and he was just friends and all that stuff. Would that be something that you would be okay with as the woman in somebody else's life? Like, let's be real with that. And so if he's not doing anything with you, you do have to set some clear boundaries. on what, If he is a friend, be a friend and put him in that place. And you need to take some space away from him to make sure that you are guided in that direction. But don't continue to treat someone in your life like they are a husband because they're going to keep taking from you as long as you allow them to. Right. So the question that you're asking is really a non-question. Why would he treat me like I'm more important than someone else he's romantically linked? What that is, that's a question that you're asking based upon needing to be built up on who you are in his life. And to be very honest with you, you're not anyone in his life but a standby. Okay? That's hard to hear 
but it's necessary medicine to swallow because now you have to put yourself in a position of value. You decide who he's going to be in your life. And if he is not, if, if that's not a mutual decision when it comes to connection, then you disconnect. I don't know how well your business is doing. Sounds like it's dreamy as well. I don't know. <laughs> but the idea is if you're not making any money in that business, if you're not going anywhere feasible, if it's still kicking vision and you're not really blowing up or growing or if you haven't cashed in, then cash out. That makes sense? Yes. On the business tip, too, because I think because we've manufactured this relationship in our mind with being like husband and wife and we're business partners chances are you've dreamed about y'all being a power couple together yeah chances are you've dreamed about us you know running making moves taking over the world beyonce and jay-z style (laughs) together the problem with that is when you lead with your feelings in business something's gonna come up bankrupt and it's normally sometimes it's both but it's absolutely gonna be your feelings and so what I will say is if you're in business with someone that you like romantically turn that off for a minute and go um, into um, legal zoom find you a lawyer something and tell them hey we need to set some clear guidelines on what this business is now and what it will be if our friendship air quotes if our friendship does not work because at the end of the day if y'all are making money together set some stuff up now so that way the next time he does find a girlfriend because he will find another girlfriend he'll just keep it from you because he knows that you aren't going to be okay with it the next time he finds a girlfriend and you get upset by it you operate by what you set forth business wise as business and you let him be and do what he's going to do way over there. Get paper. Get paper on the business. Don't connect the business to your personal life. Our paper just happens to be our marriage license. Yeah. And uh, and she'll kill me. And you will die. Yeah. You will die. So <laughs> that's pretty much how that goes. That was pretty easy. Um, that wasn't easy. But I knew he was going to run through it real fast because it's really a no brainer. It's, it's, you just got to move on. Absolutely. Um, do you think we need to reset or do you want to go straight on through? We can go ahead and reset really quick. Well, just really quickly. Again, we're recording our podcast live here where we answer relationship questions and your letters. This um, now is about to be a second letter that we have mm-hmm. for uh, from a married couple. Um, and so can you do? No. Yeah. Do the room rules again, because we know y'all going to be having some things to say. This is a long one. The room rules, once again, this is a safe place, and this is a safe place because of you. Um, people write to us because and are they're vulnerable to us because their information is being put out, even though their names are being classified so and confidential. So the idea is that we thank you. We depend on each and every one of you to be safe for anyone who writes to us. Secondarily, if you're going to be safe, make sure that what you speak is going to be kind. Please be kind, courteous, and considerate. Yes. It doesn't matter how much you know. It just matters how much you care. John C. Maxwell type thing. Absolutely. And the last one is be ready. Have your heart open for the medicine. Sometimes this applies directly to you, and sometimes that don't taste good. So go ahead and swallow it. Take it down. And if it hurts, charge it to our head and not Not our our heart. We don't mean to step on your feet. You ready for this next one? I am. I am. I wanted to ask you, do we want to answer some of these questions first or do you want to go into the next one? answer some of these questions really quickly okay so she said my father my child's father left me been gone for three days i didn't chase him but now he's back on the streets in a very bad place i don't know what to do because i'm not chasing him he's saying i don't care i'm gonna let you go ahead and take that babe okay so here's the thing
thing. When someone actually mistreats you and then kind of flips that on you because they want your, um, uh, they want to maintain your uh, attention, that is kind of flipping the script. It's a little bit of gaslighting. And the idea that you love him and care about him identifies that you really want to prove that you care. You right. really want to show him that you care, but you're not sure or you're concerned about where he is. The problem with this is that he doesn't care about you. If he's not in the right place, right enough place to be the child, the child's father, if he's not in the right enough place to be your partner, um, which I would hope he, you guys pursue something a little bit more committed, I would suggest that you actually stop trying to put yourself in a position mm -hmm. to um, prove to him. You don't have to prove to him that you love him. You don't have to prove to him who you are to him. Because what that does is that takes the guilt off of him and puts it, puts the accountability on you. Right. And you don't need to be carrying the accountability or the responsibility of his response or how he feels. Because that's exactly what he's doing. I don't feel like you love me. Well, maybe I should love you. Maybe I should love him harder. Maybe I should love him where he is. Maybe I should give him some mercy. Maybe I should give him some grace. All the nice little Christian phraseologies. No, you let him know you, you have to draw lines. You're in your home and you have children. You have to draw lines with what's safe for you mentally, emotionally, and physically, and what's safe for your children mentally, emotionally, and physically. Right. So with that being the case, I love you, but I can't live like this. I love you, but we can't move like this. I love you, but this is not loving me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else, babe? Yes. Really quickly what I will say. So he left you, got himself in a bad place. He wants to come back. He, because you ain't chasing him, you don't care. Let's, and I said a lot of ain'ts. This is very grammatically incorrect. Forgive me. It's after five. Here's what I will say. Anytime somebody walks away from you and then blames you for not treating them right, that's that, that that's manipulation. Get into that situation and realize that if you really want me back and you really want me to care about you, prove that you're worth me letting you back in my life. You walked away from me and now I'm protecting my peace and protecting my space. So if you want me back, stay out there where you at. Get back on the good fit. Don't wait until you need me in order to act like I'm not treating you right. Get to where you don't need me anymore and then try to earn your way back into my space. Otherwise, stay out there where you at. Absolutely. And don't let the child be used as a pawn. I'll always put that yes, in there. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. it's easy to use the children as the pawn. Any other, is there anything we can get to? Is there any other? Um... I'll try another one, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm pressing the wrong buttons. Yeah, you're going to put the wrong thing up there. Um, somebody said, how do you leave a relationship that has become stagnant and you're unhappy? If you're not married, leave. Leave. Okay, I know that sounds simple, right? <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. I know that sounds hard. I know that sounds simple. Um, and we know that there's much more hard work to it than just Absolutely. walking away. I don't want to be a jerk. But the but the idea is is that you don't have to be mad at somebody. You don't have to be upset at somebody to realize that something is not good for you. If you're not if you're in the if you're in a relationship and not you're not married, okay. Now you can always correct us to let us know whether you're married or not. But if you're in a relationship and you are not happy. You, ha you don't owe it to someone else to try to make it make yourself happy. That's marital stuff. Right. 
You understand what I'm saying? Somebody knows the rules. You're single look until at, you're married. Look I at Katrina. Shy. The Katrina. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? So I want you to understand that you you leave. Now, how to leave? Make sure that you're safe if you feel like you're going to be unsafe. Um, you're not, you don't owe anything as far as their feelings are concerned, but you can, you know, relate to them that I'm just not happy here. Um, but you can, you can just, you can bounce. You're free. You're not, I mean, there's no, another thing is that people don't like to feel like the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. People don't, I don't want, I don't like to feel like I'm the one who left you or I'm not, I don't want to feel like I'm the one who missed out on a blessing. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. If you're not happy, you're not being blessed. That's number one. Uh, blessing is happiness, or being blessed is a gift of happiness. Um, but the other part of it is, is that okay? There is no attach. Is that the same person, Queen B? Is that the same person? Uh, There's no uh, attachment. I'm not sure. Okay. Somebody said, "Give yourself the gift of goodbye." Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want to be labeled. Yeah, the, the, think- the point is, is that you can leave. Yeah, yeah. Um, create and listen. If you're not married, because somebody asked over here, what if you've been married for 25 years, right? Um, so if you're not married, put yourself in a position. Number one, you have to be mature about it. Somebody's always going to be the bad guy if you're walking away from a relationship and you're not happy. You're gonna feel like the bad guy at some point. They're gonna make you feel like the bad guy. So you've got to get over needing to look good in walking away. You're not, somebody's always going to make you feel like you're not being good or doing the right thing by choosing you. If you're not married, though, you have every right to choose you and not really put yourself into prison for them. Go to the if what if you've been married. OK, so this is for Pammy Pam over here in the YouTube land. <laughs> she said, what if you've been married a, for a very long time, <laughs> like 25 years? That's a long time time let me tell you something before i answer that and this is by no means permission but what we found in counseling and coaching is that there are a lot of relationships that are either five years and under that are rocky or over 16 to 20 years that are rocky because you've been with someone for so long but you've allowed the children or whatever else has been the case to be church or whatever to kind of take your attention and then when the empty nest comes or when we have chance to be with each other we really don't think we want to be with them or like them yeah. now here's the thing with that with um with marriages we are we have to be a bit more considerate because that is a commitment it's a covenant that is a covenant right yeah and um while we don't believe in sentencing people to mar- to marriage meaning that we don't mean sen- we don't want you in a toxic situation there is always alternatives in order to begin with. For instance, you want to start with some level of mediation, some level level of having a third party in the middle of you two to try to figure out what's the issue and why you're not happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that depends on who you choose. Be very careful with who you choose. Um, Takara and I work a little bit differently. Uh, we actually are equal opportunity, so we we come with a very level head. But it's very important to be very crystal clear about what's going on in you. Yeah. Um, and that's not that's not just being oh, but I'm just not happy with them, because that's bored. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It has to be a little bit more. And I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying it has to be a little bit more than that. Uh, but you want a third party involved first. Now, Ooh. after that third party, you want to go? 
No, go ahead. I mean, I feel like you like breaking down some stuff, dropping knowledge. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm just going by stuff. After that third party, if that third party doesn't bring out an opportunity for change, doesn't um, bring out an opportunity um, because there's change that needs to be made. Understand that. there's No one is going to sit there and be unhappy just because they are unhappy. Right. Someone has to change. Maybe both have to change. Maybe it's perspective. Maybe it's attention deficit. Whatever the case may be, something has to change. Maybe it's intimacy. Yeah. So the thing is, is that something has to change. If after everything is clearly laid out and an effort is not made to change with the follow-up of maintain, the effort to maintain that change, then you move on to the next step of identifying whether it's a good idea to move on as a married couple or as a person who no longer wishes to be married. Yeah, I, I'll just say this. If yes. there's no abuse, yes. if there's not habitual or repetitive infidelity in cheating. Hey, Tootie. Hey, I'm Tootie. sorry. <laughs> and I'm going to say hello to Emmanuel, our fearless and wonderful uh, worship and arts leader, uh, one of them over there, and he Linnea. He cooked music. He cooked music. Uh, but if there's no abuse, if there's no habitual cheating and infidelity, um, I would say every relationship has the ability to be salvaged. Like Kenyon said, nothing else. You're just bored. Sometimes you've gone through so much where you've lost respect for one another. I think that's a different story too, but I think there are opportunities for improvement of your marriage, especially after 25 plus years, there are opportunities there where you've just really lost touch and you've forgotten who each other were because you really have grown into different people. So there are ways to do this. The thing is, do you want it? Do you want to move forward? You know what I mean? You got to be honest with yourself. There are people who are married who just don't want to be married. There are people who are. Because you on social media seeing somebody else who look like they goes. Right, exactly. (laughs) And I it's it's hard to deal with that. But when I see and this is after 25 years, she you know, she's not on social media looking at go she there's something going on there. Um, But just be careful with getting into the marriage so that you'll know what you're what you're ready for. It's it's, I I don't take that I take I take this kind of stuff with a heavy heart because I know there are mile markers which we can tell whether you will make it or not as a couple and i want you to be and it comes off it it comes about by being very clear about what's ailing you start there yeah absolutely get a third party yeah um but if you're single you go ahead put on them big boy or girl underwear and do what you got to do yes um this next letter comes from a married couple um Sorry, somebody said, you guys have a dating book. I have your detox book and I've gone through it twice. We have our Dating by Design course. You can go into the link in our bio and actually purchase that, nineteen ninety nine, And it takes you through an ebook about dating. Okay. Right. Well, well, hold on. The dating book is good, though. because Well, not the dating book, but Dating by Design, because I want you to understand that Dating by Design is actually set up how Takara and I dated. Oh, yes. And it's set up with the same kind of um, logic that goes along with it. There's there's head work as well as heart work. So you can't so you you because we want people to be careful and making sure that they're making the right decisions. Absolutely, that is that is very true. Okay, now for real, I'm about to read this letter. Okay, Go ahead, read it. I forgot we had it. <laughs> read. So here you are at work, school, or home, or somewhere you can't really talk, but you are going through it. 
confusion, breakup, self-doubt, worry, whatever it is, you have an urgent need, but you can't really talk to anyone right now. What do you do? Easy. You start texting. You reach out to a friend or someone you trust in a way that lets you stay where you are, but address the madness. People do this every day. And now we can proudly say many people have trusted and turned to us to chat daily. We're Kenyon and Takara Martin of Ask the Martins, and we've been able to bring insight, guidance, and down-to-earth chat support to the emerging needs of others right where they were. We were there for them, and we can be there for you. It's called a fire chat. Ask the Martins Fire Chat is a text coaching service that can be where you are. Fire Chat allows us, Kenyon and Takara, to be that comforting friend, that close confidant, and a real-time coaching counsel that you need, privately, silently, and urgently. Next time you need to chat, schedule a Fire Chat session with Kenyon and Takara. You'll be glad you did. Go to askthemartins.com and schedule your fire chat session today. All appointments are scheduled. First come, first serve. <laughs> Reddit read. We're in the sickness and health part of our marriage. 11 years together, five years married. He has diabetes and now recently neuropathy, which hinders his every move. He has always been the man of our, like all caps, man of our relationship. Always the provider, the covering, and the breadwinner. Due to his injuries and disabilities, he's been out of work. His family has someone influencing him to just want to collect the government assistance and enjoy the vacation. I see it as a crutch to not work towards getting better and back to some type of normalcy. I make good enough money to cover us both. Financially, we're okay. But at some points, I feel like he has relaxed 100% and isn't putting in any effort to getting back to what we work towards as a couple. I love my husband and I love our relationship. I hate that he has settled to his, to this new life. And as a woman, I hate seeing him just... I hate to see him just shut off our goals and dreams. I feel as if I'm expected to care for him in every way, which I do. It's my vows. I'm committed to us. He has become bitter, petty, and some kinds of bipolar because I know he's in so much pain. Should I feel any type of way, your podcast hits, your podcast hits nails. Okay. So I'm glad that you think our podcast hit nails because we're about to hit a few. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah but we want to make sure that you're you're settled and you're ready to receive this because yeah. this is very important okay uh the reason why i like this particular um email is because it identifies the changes that life sends us without any of our consent right things change and when it comes to marriage those changes can throw us off both of you have needs here okay both of you uh, need to feel a different type of way. If you said, you know, am I, do I need, I'm feeling a type of way or do I need to change how I feel? Both of you need to change how you feel. And I'm going to explain that in just a little bit. I'm going to break it down real quick and then you just interrupt whenever you got, you, um, okay. the, the Lord hits you. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Okay. <laughs> so there are a few things that I want each and every, or someone in this particular situation to consider. Um, 
you have three things going on. You have your expectations, you have his expectations, and you need to consider adjustments without judging. That's your expectations, his expectations, and considering um, adjustments without judging. What do I mean by that? Every marriage begins with a level of expectations. These expectations are usually silent. We don't tell each other. Mm -hmm. But even more so, if those expectations are already being met, you never say them. They're unspoken, but I'm already happy with you because you're already giving me everything I want. So when I listened to this or when I read this, I saw that for both parties, they have, um, they have expectations or several expectations that revolve around roles and future plans. Okay? Yeah. They revolve about ro around roles and future plans. So let's talk about her or your expectations first. You listed two expectations of him uh, being, a, being a man. This is very important. Yes. This is very important. Because you identified him as what I expect of him, what he's always, always provided, as a man, really you have four or five of them, and I'm going to list them based upon some of the other things you said. You said he was a provider slash breadwinner. He was the covering, which we assume to be a protector or protective. Mm -hmm. um, being a man means that he has a sexual appetite, because, and I got that from the point where she said, I do all, I give him everything he needs all according to my needs. vows. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She emphasized that in yes. the letter. And he has initiative. Um, which is what you're really looking for from him. What happens is, is that when you're in a successful relationship, when a man had, when a man doesn't have the provisions, he at the very minimum has initiative. Yes. And that initiative causes him to maintain a place of being a man because I see that he's doing things in order to get the provisions. Once he has the provisions, then um, those provisions and providing through those provisions become his initiative. So she's not talking so much about money as she's talking about his initiative is gone. Okay. Yes. And these are the expectations of what she sees what makes a man. Now, the, um, what happens is, is that check marking these categories define two things how you see him as a man and how you respect him as a man. Because when a woman doesn't see a man no longer as a man, it's harder for her to respect him as a man. Yes. When he's no longer doing the things that makes her feel safe feel comfortable, feel secure, feel taken care of, feel protected, then she's like, what need do I have of you? Because she already makes because good money. Because I already do these type things. There's something you have to bring to the table. Right. But you've already been married. So I understand this part, right? Here's the problem with this kind of mindset. If his activities define him to you, then when he ceases these activities... He's no longer a man. Hmm. I'm going to repeat that. If his activities define him as a man to you, then when he's forced to cease these activities, he's no longer a man. How fair is that? Go ahead. And here's how where we as women have to be very, very careful mm -hmm. of walking into marriages and being in marriage with these preconceived ideas of what somebody told us a man was supposed to be. Um, and, and again, we all have needs and we all have needs in our relationship based on what we wanted from a man. So I'm, I do not want to take away from that. I do not want to discredit that. There are things that Kenyon does that if he would not, I would have a very hard time with. So I understand that. Like we have 
preferences that we got into our relationships with and we got into our marriages with. So don't take away from that. But when we buy into a certain idea and that idea defines who this man is for us, you really are then beginning to weigh him against what you want him to be as a man and, and the sickness and in health part of your vows. And when you put yourself in between that and in that crossroads, it, it, it will very easily cause you to start looking elsewhere for what you think a man is and not your husband. And that's where this type of thinking has to change if you're going to be here with your husband. Absolutely. There's a cultural ideology yeah. that causes a man, and that's really very much broken, um, that causes a man, like a, an old school cultural ideology. He has to do this. He has to do this. He has to do this. But when a woman can do this, do this, do this yeah. by herself, then he is actually misplaced and he's looking for a place to be. But hold on for a second because right. it's good to have standards. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Amen. Yes. What we're talking about is an already set up marriage. This is very important because what's happened is, is that now that he's immobilized due to illness, it's harder for her to see him as a man and it becomes harder for her to respect him. And the problem with that is, is that as she only looks to him as a man, and she neglects him as a husband because she has work to do too. Does that make sense? Yep. Because when she remembers that she's his, he's her husband, then she can be his wife. And we'll talk about how that goes in a little bit. The second area of expectations is his his level of expectations. Go make sure you get all that because this yeah. looks like some good stuff. Do you want to respond to that or no, no, no? Go ahead, no, because okay. I want to finish this. You guys, okay? Um, yeah, we're this, gonna try to keep these uh, comments, and so I'll go back to them. Just keep them coming, guys. All right. So the second level is his expectations. Now, this is what you got to understand because you're dealing with someone who's been immobilized by a disease, right? Yes, it's like it's pain. So he's lived his entire life being this man that you said he should be and that um, he thinks he should be. He's been doing it. But when he no longer is able to do it, he loses the amenities of his manhood and your respect. Right. And the truth of the matter is, these are not amenities or luxuries, but they become that when you feel like you have to earn them and you can no longer do them due to your health. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the problem is, is that if that defines him, then he defines the his definition of himself um, is is not being a man, and he loses respect for himself. Mm -hmm. Okay, he begins to resent himself. I want y'all to depression, understand this. Like he goes into depression. He has the blues. He goes through all these different things because remember he was an active man. It ain't like this is this guy just stopped being who he was. Yeah. He was forced to sit down, and when you're forced to sit down after being active, this is why people who get um, who who begin to go to um, nursing homes and things of that nature. That's why, or or people who have worked all their lives and then um, retire. This is one of the mental, emotional reasons why they begin to deteriorate um, within a year after they've retired is because they don't find themselves anymore yeah. with their lifestyle that they don't have a purpose. Today. Like literally, you feel like you do not have a purpose anymore. Exactly. So if if he's seeing himself like that, then if he feels himself, if he feels lack of respect for himself, if he don't feels like feel like he's a man anymore, then automatically he's going to feel like. You disrespect him, mm -hmm. and automatically he's going to feel like uh, he's not man enough for you anymore. And, Go ahead. And he can and let me, like make no mistake. You're writing us this letter. Please believe he can feel everything that you're feeling 
for towards him. He can feel it in your disposition. He can feel it in your huffing and puffing sometimes. If you're getting to the point where you're writing us this letter, chances are there have been things non-verbally that you've communicated that he's felt. That doesn't help the situation either. We're not going to beat up on you for feeling like this. But again, trust me, it, it could definitely contribute to his um, beginning to self-loathe himself. As a matter of fact, that's exactly the se- uh, the next point. Oh. Sorry. The idea is if he feels like this about himself, right, mm-hmm. then he feels like you feel like this about him, about him. Then every time you press him or push him, he begins to really actually actualize how you feel about him. Mm -hmm. Because every time you tell him what he's not doing, he is hearing that he's not. Mm -hmm. You're not making these moves. I'm not man enough. You're not doing this. I'm not respected enough. And these are what's driving his moods. You say his bipolarism or whatever, and I understand that was a poke at how his moods change, but he's really wrestling with being ill. You have no idea. You say... That normal, I want normalcy, but you don't have any idea of how his normalcy was interrupted. Your normalcy was interrupted because now you have to deal with where he's at. His normalcy is interrupted because his body has betrayed him right now and he can't do it or use it like he used to. That's a terrible thing. Man, listen, and I'm not a man, but I know as a spouse, like, um, Kenyon and I take care of my mother, um, and she suffers from diabetes, neuropathy, fibromyalgia, like all sorts of stuff, right? And when we first got married, somehow, I do not remember what it was, I ended up hurting something in my back. It was like my whole neck and my back, I could not move. Remember we were in Dayton and we were like driving back and I yes, couldn't move. Yes, yes, I remember I that. couldn't move. And I literally, when he wasn't looking, was like sobbing, crying. Because in my mind, it was like, I feel like I've now trapped him with me and I'm going to end up sick like my mother. My mom, her last husband left her right when she got sick. And so for me, the amount of weight and depression and pressure that I put on myself didn't even externalize. I think this is the first time you're hearing this. Um, I did not know what I was going to do feeling like all of a sudden he's going to be trapped having to take care of me. And it, for a good three days changed my disposition. And so um, for three days of that back pain and that neck pain was doing me that way. Imagine somebody who loves you and wants to be everything for you. And now their body is not letting them. That is some jacked up stuff that has you going through all sorts of things in your mind. And so I would say, if you're dealing with somebody like this, Take a step back. How would you feel if you could be moving around, bossing it up, doing all that stuff, and now you're unable to be what you promised your husband, your wife, that you could be? And let me be honest here. With with these type of diseases and these type of, um, um, what are they, uh, symptoms, mm-hmm. with these things coming up in your body like this, as a man, you're no longer working. You're taught culturally that you have to provide, right? Mm-hmm. You no longer have initiative because you're in the blues, because you're depressed, and you're no longer sexually active as much as you want to be because it's not working the way it's supposed to work. And these are all biological situations that, unfortunately, we can't deal with. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, just think of it, like, think of it as like, you are going through um, allergy season and you can't control how your nose gets stopped up. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. And so you, it's, it's a part of that involuntary 
being held captive by your body when you really want to do something better. Yeah. All right. So the idea of having adjustments without judging is the idea of I need to adjust myself and my spouse needs to adjust theirself, but we don't judge each other during this adjustment because there are a lot of things that need to be adjusted. Does that make sense? Um, so the first one is you have to redefine man and you have to incorporate husband. Does that make sense? And and, and I'll let me kind of expand on that real quick. If a man is what he is, what, what he can't do right now, then you both are saying he's not a man. OK, he's feeling it. He doesn't like himself. I've been there. I've been there where I could not move and I didn't like myself. I used to uh, climb poles for AT&T at one point and I hurt my back and I couldn't move for like three months. Um, it was not good at all. And you, you start to feel terrible about yourself. OK, but the thing is, as he sees that, he sees that reflected in both of his mirrors in his physical mirror when he look at himself but also in you because you are the mirror of him being a man. Okay. So you have to readjust what a man is to you. So redefining him um, in redefining him, you have to address him as your husband. There's a meaning to this because a husband is not just a man. A husband is not just a man of alone alone. This is beyond adhering to your vows, okay? This is in your sentiment towards him, your love towards him, how you reflect him, um, how safe he is in this difficult time. If he cannot be safe with you in his vulnerability, then he'll never be vulnerable with you and he'll always be hard to you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So... The second adjustment, so the first adjustment is redefine. That's what I was just talking about, babe. Redefine him as a man and as a husband. Right. Uh, the second adjustment is to refocus your empathy towards him. Yes. That's very important. You Understand this. Just whenever he, when he's physically sick, he's mentally sick as well. He's going through depression. He's going through um, all these hurt feelings about who he is right now. Remember, he's still the same man at the core. He's still the same man who did everything without you having to actually ask. But right now he's mentally sick. So here's the thing. You're asking for him to have an initiative. He doesn't need to make money, but I just want him to have an initiative because I feel like he's fallen off. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that initiative is mustard personal uh, motivation combined with vision and personal ability. What vision is, is that I'm motivated by what I can see further and by what I, where I know I, how I know I can make it happen. That's good. So the problem is, is that initiative is, is, is built on the strength that we perceive that we have ourselves. You want him to have initiative where he doesn't feel, I'm sorry, where he doesn't feel as strong for you anymore. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're asking him to have an emotional, to be an emotional and mental place where he needs to be rehabilitated to. He can't walk there anymore because as like the rest of his body is broken, his initiative is broken. And the more you beat him up with that, the less man he'll feel like he is. Make hey, sense? Amen. What you about to say That's something? Good. Nope. Nope. nope okay. Because I know you look like you got a lot to get through. Uh, no, not a lot. <laughs> I want to get to this point here with the part about empathy is that um, the idea that there's somebody in his ear who he's hearing, 
who he's listening to mm-hmm. and who's making him uh, want to go on vacation or live off of SS uh, Social Security or whatever the case may be. The reason why he's listening to them is because they receive him in his weakness. Hmm. Again, he's the same man he always was. He's a worker. He's a provider. He's all these things that he thought men was, but his body won't let him. Now he's in a vulnerable and broken place and his body won't let him. You're not listening to him, but somebody else is. And he'll listen to them just because they receive him where he's at. He won't, he's not the vacation kind of guy. He's not the SSI kind of guy, but he'll consider it because it makes him feel safe with whoever has his attention Mm. in his family. Does that make sense? And who has his back, yeah. And who has his back. The next part is, is that you think, this is is crazy because this happens with a lot of Christians. You think you do have his back by cheerleading him. Uh, and and we Christians do do this a lot, and we got to stop doing this because it's really unhealthy. We feel like if we could just remind somebody who you are in Christ, if we could just remind you the strength of the Lord that's for you, no weapon can be formed against you. And the problem with that approach is is that it's demeaning, condescending, and it's patronizing. Yeah. Christ received us at our weakest. Then he said, be healed. Mm -hmm. Christ received us at our weakness. Then he said, now you can become this. The problem is with cheerleading, somebody who's in a downward spiral or or who's in at at the bottom of the barrel, when you cheerlead him, he doesn't feel received where he's at. You got to embrace him where he's at first. Because a cheerleading is motivation towards a goal that he can't get to because he don't even have the ball. <laughs> I thought you, okay. <laughs> There's going to be an S at the end of that. Well, amen. Because <laughs> diabetes take that away. I'm just playing. Well, I mean, yeah. we working I'm, on that. I'm sorry. Y'all pray for me. I'm okay. stupid. The bottom line is he's not mentally and emotionally prepared for it right now. Amen. Okay. You're trying to say go team and he's not on the field. And that's not fair for him, and that becomes more pressure to him, which is the reason why he snaps at you, which is the reason why he's upset at you, which is the reason why every time he sees you and you come towards him, inwardly, he may not do it as a man, but inwardly he's flinching like, oh, my God, here it comes again. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. Also, just to other side of the shoe, because I know we're like, it feels like we're beating up on her a lot on this. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Because I know you're going to get to goals next. And so I yes. don't want to step on the goals toes. Yes. But I do think, number one, no matter what position we're in, nothing ever gives us the right to emotionally, verbally beat up on our spouse because of our condition that we're in. Very true. Um, yes, there are things that we can do to provoke certain things from them. But at the same time, we have agency within ourselves to be able to say, we know who our spouse is to us. We know they are in this for better or worse. We know they're in this for sickness and health too. So right now we need to be here in a place that says, listen, I appreciate all that you're doing to be here for me because really every day you're here is a choice that you're choosing me. So that's a very, very, very thank you. Cause I'm, I skipped over that point by talking about why he is where he is. Yeah. It's important to understand that where he is, it does not give him the right to verbally abuse you. That's very good point. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. That's very good. That's very good. Okay. 
Go ahead, go ahead. And then with that, never mind, get to the goals because I think what I have to say is going to come with the goal thing. So Okay, keep going. so at the end of this, when it comes to empathy, let's just go ahead and jump to what we need to change when it comes to having more empathy for him. You said um, part of his part of his uh, duty um, or part of your expectations as a man is for him to cover you. Well, as a husband, he needs a wife to cover him. Understand that a, a rib or in the Hebrew, the side is close to the vulnerability, is close to the heart and close to the breath, the lungs. The idea meaning, uh, and there's another scripture in, in um, Malachi 2.6, that identifies the woman as the garment. The idea is that she's closer to our most sensitive areas than anybody else. She sees us. My wife sees me at my lowest points when no one else does. No one else sees when I'm sick. There are times where we've actually counseled or been online and we've not had a good day. Right. But no one else sees that. But she protects me. She always keeps me and makes sure that she under that that I understand that she has my back so that what she sees, it'll never be seen. Right. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. And so the problem is, is that if you only see him as the covering, you'll miss the opportunity to cover. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? And yes. that's where you need to be working on covering, making him safe, right? Making sure that he could trust that he's safe with you, right? Empathy, all of the four pillars that we always talk about that's in our book, right? Yeah. So that's very, very, very important. And finally, you're going to want to adjust your goals. You are going to want to adjust your goals. The reason why is, is that really the conversation about goals shouldn't be a talking point right now, but it's necessary because nothing is less important to you right now. You are important. But here's how I will have you to begin dealing with them. Start dealing with the goals that start putting off the goals, putting them on pause, the ones that, that he has to participate with. All right. Put those goals on pause because what you're waiting for him to do is become emotionally, mentally and physically ready for those. Again, mm -hmm. once he's rehabilitated mentally, once he gets used to the state that he's in, he's going to get bored because he's a go getter. He's a mover and shaker, and you already know who he is. And so once he gets there, he's going to be mentally uh, able to deal with goals again. But you want to put him on pause for right now so that you don't term, um, um, torment him with them. Go ahead. Two things. Yes. First thing I will say is marriage is a dynamic and growing thing. You all have been together for 11 years, and – one of the things that I would caution you against doing is in moving forward and moving into this direction, pushing him or forth, trying to push him, him or her to a place of saying, let's get back to where we were, because I think that could cripple the relationship as well. So as you're setting new goals, as you're redefining goals in your marriage, try not to make your goals. Let's get back to where we were or make things like it was, because to be honest with you, Nothing should ever go back to the way it was in your marriage. It should always be growing and improving. And this sickness in your marriage is an opportunity for you both to grow together. So Amen. be careful with that. The second thing I will say with your goals, because I know you got other stuff there and Just I saw more. that it wasn't there. Okay. The second thing I will say with your goals that he can participate in, let's be real. Unless it was something that like, you know, we have a son who has type, one diabetes type one yes type one diabetes where that was given to him as a child and he's grown up with this um with 
this type of type two diabetes, there are things that we can do together that can help reverse the curse of diabetes. Amen. And so, um, are we getting out and walking together? Are we getting out? Let's take a dance class together. Let's cook. Let's do some healthy cooking together. Let's do some things together that helps reverse this and at least gets you back to a point of feeling better. Baby, I'm not trying to make you be anything you don't want to be. Let's just get you to a place of feeling better. Make those goals and don't make it from a place of I'm trying to get you up off my couch. Do it from a place of I want my spouse to be and feel the best that they absolutely can be. That's why I got you some cauliflower rice up there waiting for you tonight, baby, (laughs) and not no regular rice. (laughs) But that's all that's great so make the goals um any future goals you have make those goals around him and help him be feel good with um operating in those goals around you yes um if especially if he's a go-getter but um make sure that you're not trying to force or push him again just to get him up and moving so you feel better about him you want to make sure that he's ready and willing for and with you does that make sense amen okay And finally, when he's ready to have that conversation about goals, because eventually he will, about Mm -hmm. what you guys are going to do in the future, understand that some of those things are going to change. Some of the things that you, some of the goals are going to change or how he accesses them are going to change. How to have that conversation is, how do you see yourself as a part of what we were already talking about previously? Mm -hmm. Give him the opportunity to access the goals without pushing him into it to make him figure out how he's going to be a part of it. Just open up to him. Allow him the um, the ability to say, or the opportunity to say, well, you know what? Since we're in this position, I like it. I like to do it this way. Or maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we could do this. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Making sure that you're now incorporating him and his decisions and all those type of things that a husband has along with his partner, the wife who's covering him. Yeah. And before we close this letter out, I will say this too, as, as the wife to a spouse like this, um, we, you know, we do not want you to feel like you're the bad guy for wanting more from your husband or having goals or having standards. Yes, 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 Absolutely not. What I will say is you need to try to find ways and opportunities to let your husband know that your love for him is not contingent upon solely what he can do solely what he can earn and all that stuff find ways for that but then also tell him that you miss him tell him that you know baby i want to travel with you but you know when covid stopped killing folks baby i want to do these things with you. i want to do that i miss you i love you you know what can we do together you know to get you back you know feeling good like communicate that for him communicate your need for him your love for him and and let that lead you instead of your disappointment in him because as long as he's feeling disappointment it's never going to never going to translate over into a place where he wants to get better absolutely great 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 thank you for listening to the ask the martins podcast recorded live on social media and distributed to itunes soundcloud stitcher spotify and audible Now, we can't grow without you, so help spread the love. Wherever you found us, rate, like, share, and leave a review. We are grateful to you and appreciate you in advance. Do you have a question for us? Then visit askthemartins.com. Ask us your question or ask for a friend. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Ask the Martins podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.